Hey everyone, this is Brenda Zarita. I'm your host for this episode of the Tectonic Podcast. Did you know that God created you to worship and serve Him through your work? The Be Tectonic Podcast is all about sharing experiences and lessons learned from kingdom leaders who've been called to glorify God through their work. The Be Tectonic Podcast is for kingdom-driven entrepreneurs and business leaders who desire to build businesses and marketplace ministries with the purpose of transforming lives and communities where you live and work. I'm here with my wonderful friend, Nancy Sheridan. She's a spiritual sister who is the mother of three teenagers and an almost 10-year-old boy, wife of a retired army officer. She's a trauma counselor who anoints and prays for people regularly and an entrepreneur who teaches natural health freedom with young living lifestyle. Nancy? Thank you, Brenda. I'm so happy to be here with you. Um, in this episode on Be Tectonic, we're diving into what many believers in the marketplace are experiencing, constriction. Do you ever feel squeezed and choked as it pertains to your next steps in what you have to accomplish and what God has called you for in ministry in the marketplace? Change is here and God is calling his people to action. Many of us are experiencing opposition as we choose to stand in our position or even grow. So obeying Christ's call and purpose in our sphere of influence, the workplace, we have experienced so much to prevent us from moving forward. So Brenda, how do you know that you're experiencing constriction or opposition? How do you experience that? Okay, that's a great question, especially because um, my job is to be a, um, a kingdom builder and for all practical purposes, I've been a serial entrepreneur where I've developed just quite a few businesses. And so one of the key things when you're developing a business is you have to do vision casting. And so for you entrepreneurs that are listening, vision casting can be incredibly wonderful. It can be exciting. But if you're not flowing and you're not connected to the Holy Spirit and you're a Christian, you can feel extremely constricted and be limited to that which God is envisioning in and through you and onto the earth. So constriction certainly can come in the form of your inability to properly cast the vision for the ministry or for the business ministry that God has given you. Can you give us an example of what vision casting looks like? Sure. So vision casting looks like this. I have an idea. Okay, what's the idea? Well, I've got this great idea and I want to reach out to all of these people with this amazing message um, that's going to relieve them from stress and from pain. Okay, that sounds great. But how are you going to go about doing this? Like, what is the big, hairy, audacious goal in this? And I say, okay, so I want to see everyone in the world completely set free in their health and wealth. Okay, now that's a vision. Why is it a vision? Because it's, it's a big, hairy, audacious goal. It's something that it's almost impossible and it goes past you. Mm-hmm. It's like a legacy. And so you're not just doing something that's momentary, that's a goal, that's a task. Um, it's not even a mission. It's a, it's a long-winded Mm-hmm. goal that's well beyond your own capacity at the moment at the moment exactly okay that sounds clearer so vision casting can be something where god places something to accomplish in the future linking arms with other people and all going forward 
to accomplish the same exactly. goal. Okay. That exactly. sounds that sounds like what God would have us do all together in all walks of our lives, not just business, right? Exactly. So with our families, with generational things. So okay, so we are talking about today constriction and opposition against what we are trying to accomplish as vision casters, as exactly. mission-minded, purpose-driven, purpose-filled, spirit-filled leaders in the workplace, marketplace, and ministry. Okay? Right. So in our ministries, in our businesses, in our just our journeys in life, what are some of the kinds of constriction and um, opposition that we might encounter and face. I, I would say maybe the first thing that we encounter is fear. Yes. And fear is what the enemy uses to twist us into feeling frozen, feeling ill-equipped, feeling uh, inadequate, insecurity, all the way insecurity. Yes. Okay. So can you give us some examples of how that's come across you in your journey as an entrepreneur? Uh, yeah, actually, it's come across a lot of times in my journey as an entrepreneur. So a lot of, I'm going to speak on to something that's kind of um, rarely spoken about at churches. There are five fivefold ministries, right? So you've got the pastor, you've got the evangelist, you've got the teacher, and then you've got these two other positions that are rarely mentioned and or utilized in the churches. You've got the prophet and you've got the apostle. So oftentimes, because they're not talked about, people don't understand how they operate. Okay, so if you're listening and you're a kingdom builder and or an entrepreneur, okay, or a business owner, maybe you don't even consider yourself an entrepreneur, you've been given the gift to vision cast. That's mm -hmm. the first step. Second, you've been anointed with a prophetic voice. So whether you recognize it or not, you are operating in the prophetic. To be able to do proper vision casting, you have to be connected to the source mm -hmm. who sees beyond what you see because yeah. you see in front of you, but God sees eternally. Yeah. So in order for us to properly vision cast, we have to be connected to the source. Okay. With that being understood, you're operating as an apostle as well, because as an apostle in the marketplace, you're building. If you're building in the marketplace and then you are vision casting you are operating in the prophetic and you're operating as an apostle. That may come as a surprise to a lot of you, but that is actually what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So what happens is this. If you look through scripture, you can see time again and again where the apostles and the prophets are viciously attacked. Mm -hmm. You see it in the life of David. You see it in the life of Jehoshaphat, which we'll discuss later today. Mm -hmm. You see it in the life of Jesus, who was the greatest apostle of all times. You see it in the life of all 12 disciples, who upon them the church was built. Mm -hmm. And you see exactly how the enemy so strategically went on to totally cause them even their death. Yeah. And so if you are listening today, and you are a kingdom builder, a business owner, an entrepreneur, however you want to see yourself, or maybe, just maybe, you haven't stepped into position yet, but you have all of your lives seen vision and, and opportunity and you just haven't had the courage to step up. I want you to really listen to me. It is really important that you partner with intercessors. 
It is really important that people cover you in prayer. You have an absolute gift and you have an absolute calling. And when you begin to execute what God's gifted you for, the enemy will come against you at full force. Now, do not be scared. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because what they call the python spirit, which is a constricting spirit, what you may have felt even in your journey today as you're listening. I know some of you are listening going, what are they going to talk about? This sounds like something I've been through. What you will experience at times is a choking. It's, it's a paralyzing fear that keeps you from moving left or right. Where at one point you saw a vision and all of a sudden that vision is becoming blurry. So foggy brain or foggy minded. Um, you're feeling weak. You're feeling tainted in your perspectives. You're feeling completely out of air, fatigued. And so these are some of the physical symptoms that you can hear and emotional symptoms that you can sense when you're being constricted by the Python spirit. Mm -hmm. And I call the Python spirit. Some of you may have never heard something like this before, but if you look at the Bible, Daniel saw a beast, John saw beasts. And so seers, people who see into the spiritual realm, they see spirits manifested in the form of different animals. We know that the serpent deceived Eve, right? Yeah. So we, we understand spiritually that things take forms so that we can understand how they operate. Yes. So, yes. yes. And right. with the python spirit, basically what it is is the python doesn't necessarily kill the vision or kill the person who's being attacked. Right. It will deceive and it will... Um, distract and it will dismay the person who's being right. attacked. And so what are some of the things that an attack from something like the Python spirit or any other opposition, there's so many other things that come against us in, in the kingdom realm. So I know that when we operate out of fear, out of trauma, out of past experiences, out of death being spoken over us in whatever way, whether it was from our parents or our friends, teachers, loved ones, neighbors even, or husbands and wives, I know that that root of fear can be put into our hearts and we will operate out of a response to that fear right. instead of out mm -hmm. of response of trust and of love and of listening to the Holy Spirit. So when we are turned away and distracted from what the Holy Spirit says and end up operating out of a reaction, a, a visceral response to fear, don't we open up the doors for these attacks from the enemy to come in on us? Absolutely. So what do we have to do to be aware? How do we process the fears and the traumas and the open wounds that we have from our past we need to talk about that. Like, how do we respond to fear in a godly way that will shut those doors and prevent that kind of attack from proliferating, from expanding on us and on our generations? So that's really good. So I'm going to I'm going to answer that. And then before I answer that, I want to bring to you listeners a couple of key things to see so that then you can go ahead and tackle this beast uh, head on without any fear a failure. Mm -hmm. um, and so here are some of the symptoms and traits for the spirit. Cycles of defeat, hopelessness, poverty, interference with opportunities, a sense of powerlessness, a sense of suffocation, a sense of limitation, feeling constricted, feeling trapped, 
feeling barricaded, feeling paralyzed, unmotivated, procrastination, lack of focus, lack of ambition, aimless loss of vision, direction, indifference, apathy, consistent weariness, suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. isolation, depression, inability to pray, inability to worship, inability to study the word of God. Even to the point, Nancy, where you would feel inferior to peers, you would feel plagued with inadequacy, you dislike or loathe yourself, you feel like you're a disappointment, you feel people didn't, they just think that you're a loser, you oftentimes don't feel love, you know God loves you, but don't relate. You're talented and intelligent, but overlooked by employers. You do great things that don't amount to much. You strive to put your gifts to use, but don't get very far. This is an extensive list, and you can go to unveilingpython.homestead.com to find that information. Um, But now to hit, hit that question head on that Nancy asked me, it's like, how do you deal with the fear? How do you deal with the fear? So the Word of God speaks of very many ways where on how we can deal with fear. But I'd like to talk to you guys today specifically about one way that God has taught me to deal with this fear within my position. And I can tell you just how many times I've been just written with fear. And I'm sure you guys have experienced this at some point, just mountains of trouble around all around me. And I'll sit on my bed and I'll talk to the Lord. I'll say, Lord, Speak to me. And I'm just in a broken state. Like, God, if you don't speak to me right now, I just won't have the strength to move to the next level. And with the flip of one hand and time and time again, if you could see what I'm seeing, I've got my Bible here and it's literally highlighted and written all over. And I've got a section where I've put notes of when God literally has spoken this particular word I'm about to share with you. And this word is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And you can read all of chapter 20. But before we go into hitting that fear, I need you to understand Jehoshaphat, which is the character that we're going to be talking about. Because many of you have been a Jehoshaphat. I've been a Jehoshaphat. So Jehoshaphat in prior chapters partnered with Ahab. Ahab was an evil king. Ahab didn't want to hear the prophetic word. Ahab did not want to do the will of God. Ahab thought he could deceive God. And still go to the battlefield and and prevent what God has spoken, which is that he would die. But in fact, Ahab went to the battlefield and he died. Now, Jehoshaphat was trying to partner with Ahab and remain by Ahab's side. Now, listen carefully, because some of you have partnered with the wrong people. And you're constricted and you're wondering what's going on. And what's going on is you've partnered without the Holy One of Israel. You've partnered without him being the one that said, yes, partner with this person. You didn't ask for direction. Now, don't beat yourself up. Today is a new day. You can come out of this. Jehoshaphat came out of it. Ahab went on to do his own will. Jehoshaphat tried to help him, tried to bring him the true prophet. But the word of God says that Ahab listened to the true prophet. And he knew what the true prophet was saying was true. He said incarcerated and he still did what the false prophet said. So some of you are still struggling with partners in the business who are keeping you constricted. 
Okay. And so unfortunately, when you're in these cycles with these partners who are not operating according to the spirit, whose will supersedes quote unquote God's will, whose will is quote unquote more powerful than God's will, you will find yourself battling in an atmosphere of tension, of distress, of dispute, of of exhaustion. And so I want to tell you what happened to Jehoshaphat. Because Jehoshaphat, God had mercy on him. You see, Jehoshaphat had a good heart. He made a mistake, but the God of Israel restored him. And that's the word for you today. God will restore you. God will elevate you. And yes. he will do what he promises to do. See, it says on um, chapter 20 that Jehoshaphat was told that a large army, it says a vast army. This is verse 2 of chapter 20. A vast army is coming against you from Edom. From the other side of the Dead Sea, it is already has a son Tamar. Alarm, it says, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And there's a comma there, but I'm going to stop for a second there. That's your first step. Mm -hmm. That's your first step to being released from the python spirit, from the constricting spirit. Yes. You need to come before the Lord humbly and say, God, I've wronged you, I've not sought you, I've not done what you've asked me to do. And even if you feel you've done the great and right things, I've been there too. And it was injustice being done to me. However, the Lord says, humble yourself. Humble yourself before the great and mighty God. Humble yourself and you will receive favor. Yes. And so God then says here, it says, um, that alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. So if you have a company, you have the leadership role in that company. Don't ever forget your position, people. People that go to church, they go once a week, twice a week for an hour, two hours a week nowadays. It wasn't like the old days where people would stay lingering for hours. However, you who are listening, if you're leading, you have people underneath of you, people trusting you, people with you. And so people are counting on your leadership, not just in the marketplace as a business leader, but also as a spiritual leader. Don't ever forget you are three in one, just like God is three in one. So rise up and proclaim over your people that which you want to see. And that is because we are created to be influencers. Yes. People think that only business owners or entrepreneurs or people who are have some sort of celebrity are influencers, right? But we are influencers first in our own home and then anywhere we go, right? And yes. so this is a, just a part of whatever, whomever we are supposed to influence, that Python spirit, opposition, all of these things that come against us in the spirit will keep us from reaching people. But the first thing that breaks, the first thing that gets cut off is our relationship with God. If the python, if the enemy can cut us off from intimately hearing and listening to what God says, what the spirit leads us to do and makes us disobey, makes us rebel, makes us reject truth, then all of a sudden we are open to the lies of the enemy and we are stopped in our tracks. We don't move forward. Things don't work well for us. Our connections are broken. So turning to God. Going into our relationship with God first, how do we do that in a way that can influence others as we connect with God? Okay, so one of the ways that I would do it, and we've led our company for 12 years now, 
people that were outsiders would come to our company meetings just to see how we ran them. Mm-hmm. And many of times people would leave crying and they would say things like, wow, I've never seen things done like this before. Mm-hmm. Where our focus point was, okay, what is God saying? How is God saying? And what, what do we have to do? Yeah. So when you as a leader, you're starting to feel constricted and broken, don't hide that. Don't hide it. Okay, remember the enemy hides. Okay, things in darkness are hidden. Yeah. In order for you to truly come up higher, you must, what happens when you come up higher and you come to the top of a mountain? Can everybody see you? Are you hidden? You are exposed. Mm-hmm. You are transparent. You are vulnerable. Yeah. And that is a scary place for some of you to be. Some of you are thinking right now, nope, I'm not going to let anybody, you don't know the people around me, they're vicious or this or that and the other. I'm here to tell you the good news of the gospel. Your God, our God is bigger it's bigger yes. than anything that comes against you. It's bigger than whatever fallacy has spoken over you. It's bigger than the individual who has thought that he had property over you. And so you must understand this and you must understand what I'm saying. It's not that it's easy to do this because going to the top of a mountain, you get fatigued, you get exhausted. It's a lot. But when you're at the top of that mountain, you got there for a reason and you got there for a purpose. So God will ultimately utilize you like he utilized Moses to set up people free when you're willing to do what nobody else is willing to do. And if you're in that position right now, it's because God himself has chosen for you to be in that position. He's equipped you for what yes. he's called you to. He's placed you exactly where you need to be to then go ahead and move into the position that he has already properly placed you for. So you need to understand first and foremost, if you're in it, God called you to it. And if he's called you to it, then you need to go back to him and talk to him when things are not working out the way they should. Yeah. Be transparent. Yeah. Be transparent. Let people know what is going that on. That humility that yes. we talked about earlier. Yeah. The humility allows so us important. to grow because we're on a journey along with everyone else. As a leader, as an influencer, we have not yet arrived. We are not leading or influencing people because we are perfect, because we are so godly and we are so equipped and no one else is. It's just that God has given us the vision and we're able to influence people to pursue their vision that God has in their exactly. lives, right? We have not accomplished all of this. We are on a journey pressing forward and pressing through and we need each other. We need each other to grow and to communicate and to be accountable to, to say, yes, you can do it. Yes, you can follow through. Right. Yes, you can break through these these hindrances and opposition. Yes, you may be constricted now, but it's not forever. That encouragement makes all the difference. So as an influencer, who are you influencing today? How can you help others break through whatever bondage, insecurity, fears that they may be hindered by? Face your own fears, face your own issues, your own walls of separation between you and what God has for you. Break those down. And how does that become your testimony to help others break through and press on to the goal that God has for them in their lives? So all of this is so purposeful, but it's us growing, being transparent, being humble, breaking through our own barriers and showing that it's possible, showing that this is all of our journey that I have not already accomplished this, but all of us are on our way at some point in our lives. So I was just talking with a friend today and she was talking about how her fear 
is that she is going to fail. Her fear is that she has wasted too much time, that there is so much regret, that time is ticking and she can't seem to figure out which way to turn. And my encouragement to her was, fear not because God's love for us is the same when we're in a moment of mistake, in a moment of failure, as when we're in success. So what Amen. came out of that what that of that conversation was that the fear was not actually a fear of failure. The fear was of man. What does man think of me? I am not a success in man's eyes and I am not a success in God's eyes. That was the confusion and the deception that was holding her in bondage and the fear of making the next step. So when that kind of fear comes, we need to break off fear of man, fear of failure, and be our journey is going to be God's journey through us, Amen. with us, and in Amen. us of our growth and our maturity and just learning to trust him. If we have the perspective of every step of my business journey, my faith journey, my family journey, every part of me, if every part of me and every part of the journey is about me learning to trust God and being closer in communion with him, then it doesn't matter at what point I fail, at what point I succeed, at what point I have the wrong people in my life, at what point I have the right people in my life. None of that will matter because God's timeline will never fail. That's exactly right. And I'm reminded as you're talking about, I think it's President Abraham Lincoln, Yes. That he tried to be president so many times and he couldn't accomplish being president so many times. But then finally he was president, right? And so it wasn't that his he was not called to be president. Is that there was opposition in his life to becoming a president. Yes. Some of you listening on the call have wondered to yourself the following question. Was I even meant to do this? Was I meant to be a business owner? Was I meant to be a leader? Was I mean, you're doubting your position because of the struggle around you. No, the struggle around you is because you are in the right position, right? And so one of the things that comes to my heart to share with you that's dear and near to all of our hearts because it's a real challenge for us all is finances. Many of times when I sat down before the Lord crying is because as a business, I felt choked financially. God, not enough business is coming in. God, when is the flow going to break? When, when are we going to have a cycle that is long, not a short cycle of success, but a long cycle of success, God? When is the inconsistency going to stop? And I finally realized one day, the ups and downs of life do not determine the success of my life or of my position. Yes. These ups and downs is part of the journey. Yes. It's part of the process. I know. And you're yes. listening to me and you must be thinking, well, it's easy for her to say she's banking or she's doing whatever because I'm doing a podcast. Here's the bottom line. I've got four kids. Do the math. Just do the math for a second. 12 years in business in a new city called San Antonio. I came from Florida. Um, the first four years were just treacherous. I made more, no more than $15,000 a year. I had to have people hand me things and give me things. This life was extremely tough. It's still tough today. I'm not doing this podcast because I've quote unquote arrived somewhere. However, I will tell you I'm doing this podcast because it's a journey, not an arrival. And God has been with me through the journey. Yes. And I have to hold my tears back because it's been a journey of trust. And if I'm pouring right now into you and I have Nancy here, it's because we need each other. Nancy's here 
because she's seen me go through the toughest struggles in my life and just journeyed with me through this. So if you're thinking of doing this alone, if you're financially struck, financially frustrated, and you're thinking, I'm going to keep this secret to myself, let me give you inside information. It will be very soon before everybody knows your dirty secret. So expose it now, be transparent, ask mm-hmm. for help, seek community, and now come out in the name of Jesus yeah. out of the cave that is keeping you in complete hostility and bondage. You've got to choose to come out. So and I, I can see that you have something to say. Go ahead. And just break that fear down. Yes. That fear of yes. failure will be a noose around your neck. All I know is that every failure that I have gone through has been a failure that God has redeemed for his own purpose. And I never had that perspective before or during the failure. It was always after and sometimes far after. I wouldn't have perspective for the longest time until God realized, God actually helped me realize that I needed to go through that to break some other fears off of my life, to accept Acceptance has been a huge uh, asset in my life because I would fight circumstances. I would fight difficulties. I would fight challenges thinking that it's an injustice. It's a failure. It's not what I want to be doing. And then I realized afterwards that the entire process was not about me succeeding or failing. It was about me growing, about me healing, about not being afraid to trust in the Lord. And so when God says to fear not, however many times in the Bible, over 300 times in the Bible, he says, fear not. Why is that? Because every time we decide, I will not fear, I will trust, then our territory expands. God gives us more responsibilities. God gives us more confidence in who he says he is. And we're able to relay that completely to the people who are in our circle of influence, however large or small that is. And it's authentic. Like Brenda was talking about honesty, expose the truth early and talk about how you're going to walk through that difficulty. Because if we hold back, then the anxiety is someone's going to find out. Someone's going to figure out. I am not all that I say I'm cracked up to be. Okay. It's okay. Okay. Don't be, don't be that. Basically allow people to know that you have all these issues and that you can be foolish and that you can make all kinds of errors because then the other side of that is as you process through, people will see it can be done. I don't have to fear. I don't have to hold back. I can trust in the Lord and I will not allow the enemy's lies to dictate how I move forward. So I was sharing with my friend on the phone call earlier that Lisa Bevere had shared on Instagram or Facebook. She had said, truth without love is a lie, but love without truth is a lie, but truth without Without love love is a weapon. Okay. And this has been on my mind every single day for the past two months because my truth Is my life, my testimony, what God has done in my life, good, bad, or whatever. Everything that has happened in my life is God's truth for me. But God's truth in love is my testimony, is what I can offer people, is what I can share and say. This is why God loves each and every one of us. Not because we've accomplished anything, 
but because he created us to carry who we are, who he is in us every single day. That relationship is so critical. And anything, the python spirit, the enemy's lies and deception, fear, all of these things that hold us from receiving God's love and truth in our lives is a weapon used against us. So operating truth in love If you can operate truth in love in your business and in your ministry, then you're a success. Hands down, you are already a success. If you're using your platform, whatever platform you have, to offer people truth, life-giving, life-breathing truth in love, God's free love, then you are already a success. No matter what mistake you make, no matter what messes you make, no matter what happens to you, how betrayed you've been, your message of accomplishment is an accomplishment of how much you trust God and how much he loves us. And that gives freedom and life and wholeness to whomever you reach. It's it's amazing. It's powerful. It's very powerful. And so as we're journeying through the chapter, chapter 20, the third thing I wanted to mention to you is what Jehoshaphat did. So he obviously inquired of the Lord. Then the second thing is that he gathered the people of Judah and proclaimed uh, a fast for all of Judah because there's some there's some demons that are not broken unless it is with fasting. You've got to acknowledge this. I know some churches don't practice this. Maybe your pastor doesn't teach this. But fasting and prayer are incredibly powerful. Maybe we'll teach him that on another day. For now, he did that. Then it says the people of Judah came to gather to seek help from the Lord. So what occurred? Jehoshaphat led by seeking the Lord. Yes. Then he called the people to a fast. And because of his leadership, the people now are doing the same thing. It says, indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Yes. This is the influence that we have, guys. Then it says, then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes up upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. Many of you that are facing right now calamity, hear this, what the spirit of the Lord has to say to you. Come to the Lord, acknowledging him like Jehoshaphat, that is the God of the universe, the God who created, the God who saved you, the God of peace, and begin to call him by his names because he is still God in your misery. He's still God in your calamity. He's still God in everything that you felt that he wasn't God in. And then when you do that acknowledgement, understand this. If calamity has come upon you, whether the sword or judgment or plague or famine, like the word says, stand, stand, don't run, stand in your, in the presence of the Lord and recognize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit that bears the name of the Lord. So you are to stand, not run. This is really incredibly important. Many of you want to quit, want to run. 
you know, and, and if you need to part ways, maybe from a bad partner, go start another business of your own. Don't feel that just because you were sabotaged in one business that God's not called you to be in business. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we make mistakes. Okay. Rectify and move on. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you're heartbroken. Maybe they did you wrong. But rise up and stand because God has called you. Man has not called you. And here's the other thing. It says that all the men of Judah, verse 13, with their wives and children and little ones, they stood there before the Lord. So this influence caused an impact in the families, not just the leaders. Oftentimes the word just talks about the men in the Old Testament. And in this scripture, it's telling me that even the children came because of this influential man. And then it said, Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jahaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, and the son of Madaniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. Here's the key people. As soon as you begin to seek the Lord and you are not hearing him and you're constricted, you need what? You need help. You need aid from outside sometimes. And what happens? You see the prophet coming to the rescue. So they, they sought the Lord. They decreed his name. They called forth that fasting. They presented themselves. And what is the Lord saying? Oh, I am not seeing you and not lit looking at you. I'm not hearing you and not answering your prayer. I am sending you hope now. And oftentimes we linger too long in our calamity and we do not go before the Lord to say, God of heavens, answer me now. The Bible says, seek and you shall find. Asking you shall uh, receive. Knock and the door shall be open. Oftentimes we think that's for the old people. That's for the Bible. That's not for me. No, people. God is still a living God who has power and strength to set you free. The Bible says he sent the this particular prophet, and this is the word that the Lord would take me to again and again and again and again. And I just want to decree this word loudly over you. And it said, he said, the prophet said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, now put your name there wherever you're at, because the Bible says we are kings and queens of this land. Yeah. We are the high priests of this land. Amen. So you can replace that with your name. It says, listen, King, whatever your name is, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Put whatever struggle you're having for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them so you can take them and say, tomorrow I'm going to rise up and go at it one more time. And it says they will be climbing up the passes since God gave them strategy. He gave them knowledge and says, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeriel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. It puts me to tears, you know, as I'm hearing this podcast, because these words have literally resonated through my spirit on so many occasions to bring me life that I can't imagine you who are listening to me right now, that you may be in your car, at your house, at your job, wherever you're at listening to this, and you may have to pull aside and get something and clean up because when God ministers to us, it just, it just undoes us. And so every time I'm reminding of God's goodness, I'm reminded of his guidance. I'm reminded of his word. It just, un, it just un, completely undoes me. So, um, and then it says, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. 
The Lord will be with you. Who can stand against you? Amen. When the Lord is with you, who can stand against you? Nobody. The Bible says that Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground. And all the people yeah. of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before his the humility. Lord. His humility. Yeah. It's so it's so overwhelming. And it says, then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. You could almost hear like a clamoring of sorts. Mm-hmm. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, and I'm going to stop before I'm going to say the following thing. You have power, dominion, and influence to proclaim, to establish, to guide, to correct your people, the people that God's put in your territory, to say to this one, move, to say to this one, rise up, to say to this one, this and that and the other. With the authority of the Lord and the word of the Lord being in your belly, you can move forward in such a manner where you can change the lives of people and cities and states and nations and countries. But you've got to get used to being the leader, being the forerunner. You've got to get used to telling people what it is a God of heaven is telling you to do. If you do not rise up to this position, the enemy will take your position. You must understand that this is a chess game and you're part of it. And guess what? God has already decreed victory over you. He's decreed it. And so it says, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And so here's the deal, guys. And this is my note here on the side. Ingredient to provoke God is to act in our behalf, is to praise him. Yes. You will provoke the literal hand of God, the angel armies to come and fight for you. And you will provoke that when you begin to praise in the middle of your calamity, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your struggle, you will feel God is with you. He will send his support and his help. But you must be willing to be vulnerable, to bow down, to call for things that are not as if they were, to proclaim the year of favor upon your family, upon your business, upon your employees, to tell the people, this is who I believe in and this is how we are going to get the favor. And don't worry if people don't agree with you. People didn't agree with Jesus. He died an innocent man. Think about that. You're no better than him. Come on now. You've got to rise up and you've got to know your position and stand in it. Nancy? Do you have to anything go, to sit, share to this? To go along with what you're sharing, it is so powerful. The faithfulness and the humility of King Jehoshaphat in a time when the people wanted one thing and he knew the right thing. He knew that he had to come before the Lord. And I know that David went through the same thing. Joshua went through the same thing. Every Gideon, I mean, fear has come against so many people. Caleb. We are all coming against opposition, and the only way to press through is to trust in the Lord and to know that even in the midst of that opposition and that strife, we are not a failure until we quit. That's right. We are not a failure until we stop pressing in. So in Psalm 56, David has been apprehended by the Philistines, 
and he is afraid. But he casts his vision upon the Lord, and he cries out to him. And this goes along with what you were speaking of in Second Chronicles. David says, be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me all day long, an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long, they injure my cause. All their thoughts against me are for evil. They stir up strife, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime, will they escape? In wrath, cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. This is how he's speaking to himself. He's calling out to his spirit to trust in the Lord because he is shaking. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thank offerings to you. Gratitude. Gratitude washes in as he's speaking to his spirit. For you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. I mean, this is him in custody of his enemy. Yeah. Crying out to God, feeling discouraged and afraid, speaking to his own spirit to encourage himself and to receive what the Lord's faithfulness has done and operating out of gratitude, out of worship, out of praising what the Lord has already accomplished in his life, even in the midst of adversity and trial and tribulation. His faithfulness has come through again and again, and he is grateful even in the midst of that. The, the key there is understanding, believing, accepting that God goes before us in battle. Yes. Let me show you what Jehoshaphat experienced as he just trusted the Lord and the Lord went in front of him in this battle that he said he did not have to fight. It says, as they began to sing and praise the Lord, this is verse 22, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon. So as they begin to sing and praise, remember, this vast army is coming. For most of you are like, I have to keep working because if I don't work, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make. Hey, stop in your tracks. The one that gave you the strength to work, the one that gave you the business to work in, the one that gave you the position, he deserves the glory and the honor. And if you stop in your tracks and you worship him and you acknowledge him and in all your ways, you just acknowledge this great being called God Almighty, you will see that the same thing happens to you that happened to Jehoshaphat. So let's take a look at what happened here. It said, the Lord set the ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Monsir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Zir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Zir, they helped to destroy one another. So this is enemy against enemy. Then it says, verse 24, When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder. In other words, money, riches, goods, gems, whatever you want to call it. They found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value more than they could take away. This, there was so much plunder that it took 
three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assemble in the Valley of Barakah, where they praise the Lord. This is why it is called the Valley of Barakah to this day. Then, led by Jehoshaphat, all men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem. The Bible says that he is our joy. He restores our joy. We will have the last laugh, people. We will have the last. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. If you're struggling, know this. Take this from a woman that has been through so much in life that if I were to record this on the podcast, it would be days and days and days and days. But here's the bottom line to our journey. When we trust the Lord Almighty, when we put our eyes on Him, we're able to do things that we thought we could never do. And some things that we thought we had to do by obligation, we we then see no we don't have to do that right now. God of heaven can fight that battle. Yes. But whatever God's made us responsible for, that the Lord says, now rise up and stand and move, and I will restore your joy unto you. It says, for then the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets. And that, that's what I'm talking about. Talk about a party. A party celebrating that their trust in the Lord yielded forth a victory that they could have never seen. So what is the key here? By faith, they believed. By faith, they applied works to it. And by faith, then they received the victory. Yes. So guys, I just want you to know, and I can say guys and girls, it is so important for you to take these lessons like you would receive a paycheck like you would receive a contract, like you would receive gold. These are lessons that will build you, establish you, and create firm foundation for you, for your family, for all of those that God puts in your territory. Yes. And as we recap, so we all as kingdom leaders have decisions to make daily, don't we? There is opposition because of one of three causes, our own poor choices, spiritual opposition. Today we discussed the Python spirit, which is one of many, life dynamic in a fallen world. So even sin or uh, people who have their own issues and agendas, right, can come into our lives and we can have uh, opposition coming from there. So once I'm feeling constricted, we talk about what to do. So humbling ourselves, trusting the Lord, giving him praise and worship and gratitude. What else, Brenda? Um, I think that the key here is that if you've been feeling constricted and you've listened to the story with Jehoshaphat and you've listened to the scripture that Nancy presented about David, and if you can um, just simply receive all that's being poured into today, you can understand that the key to breaking free from this constricting Python spirit is to seek the Lord with all of your heart, soul, and strength. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Humble yourself before the Lord. Seek the help. Proclaim the year of the good favor upon your people. Allow people to come into your territory and help you out. Do not be alone. You don't need to do this journey by yourself. And above all things, stand in your position. Stand. I know that it feels like it's suffocating you, 
but stand. While you're standing, if the entity is wrapping itself around you, your mouth is still open. Open your mouth. Your body may be left with the last bit of air. Mm -hmm. I remember in 2007, I was dying from meningitis. And on the third day that I was in the hospital, I literally said, Lord, I'm going to reach the heavens with my voice. And with meningitis, you can hardly speak because the pain is so excruciating. And I remember that day I called forth the heavens with a song and with everything in my being. Let me tell you that Python spirit wanted to constrict me, but my mouth was so operable. So I opened my mouth and I reached to the heavens before I knew it. My husband, who at the time wasn't much of a believer, rose up in faith, laid hands on me and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And I was miraculous. This is the story, guys. You must believe, have faith, and then walk upon that. And that python spirit will lose its grip. It will lose its power completely. Operate in your gift. You are called to be an apostle. You're called to be a prophet of the Lord. Whether you recognize it or not, hone in on these gifts. Find people to hone in on these gifts with, you know, and grow, grow. Continue to listen to our podcast, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) If you're not getting it from your church, I promise you through these podcasts, you will be infused with knowledge that goes beyond anything you probably have ever heard. Yes, we'll encourage you (laughs) with experience, with truth, and love. So in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, it says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So make no mistake, we have these gifts. We are the church. Those gifts are upon us and we are to walk in them. So I wanted to say, guys, here at Tectonic, we bring kingdom leaders in the marketplace together for unity. That is what we're talking about today. Tectonic catalyzes this element in the marketplace for believers just like you and me. In this podcast, we will experience real life stories. That's why I share about my stories. Nancy shares about hers. Based on experience from other kingdom leaders, you can grow. So be sure to tune in next time. We really look forward to hearing from you. If what you heard on this podcast ministered to you as a kingdom leader or an entrepreneur, please share it with others. Share because it matters and it's an easy way to make a difference in what God is doing in the marketplace. Join the Tectonic Network by going to tectonic.com. If you are a believer in the marketplace, you should join Tectonic and join others in your area to co-labor in his work at work. Unity is what makes God's dream work in our city and tectons, us as builders, will increase the light and reach of influence for necessary change where God has placed them in the marketplace. It was great being here with you, listeners. Thank you so much, Brenda, for this opportunity.